Today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Major League Baseball star's blunt response to his team's LGBT night. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us as well, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. See who's going through the news of the Cray each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. with us. Joining me now, Billy Hallowell, Trey Goins Phillips. What's going on, fellas? It's I mean, if I'm all messed up now. We had the day off. I thought yesterday was Monday, and then the whole thing's out of whack for me. But here we are, more than halfway through the week, I guess, technically, or not. I don't know. Well, Whatever. It's yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. I can right. I can smell the weekend from you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Well, you know, yesterday was what America's Monday this week. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Wednesday's a good day, good hump day midway through. <laughs> yes, indeed, and we have a lot to get to, as always, on the podcast on the focus story, Billy. This, all right, this Missouri nun story <laughs> is just odd. Uh, yeah, it's captivating. This Missouri <laughs> nun who died in 2019, she's been exhumed, and I'm not going to spoil it right now. But there's okay. something about. Her body and and its condition that has people flocking to see her. Well, I mean, there better be a good reason. You're going to exhume somebody, and it's not for like a criminal reason, like an investigation or something. This is going to be this is going to be interesting. So we'll look for the details on that. Also, on the main thing, HGTV host Paige Turner, host of Fix My Flip, opens up to Trey about her journey to Christ. That's on the main thing. But first, we're going to through the news here. Ninety seconds. The Los Angeles Dodgers first face backlash against inviting the Catholic-hating LGBT group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence before the team's Pride Night game on June 16th. The team decided to cancel that appearance, but then LGBT supporters complained, and so they re-invited them. This didn't sit well with their star pitcher Clayton Kershaw, who said, I don't agree with making fun of other people's religions. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. I just don't think... No matter what religion you are, you should make fun of somebody else's religion. So that's something I definitely don't agree with. And Kershaw added that the team moved up its Christian Faith and Family Day at the stadium in response. And Russia's Interior Ministry issued an arrest warrant for Senator Lindsey Graham after a clip was played of Graham's meeting with Ukrainian President Zelensky in Kiev in which he said that Russians are dying and it was edited together with another comedy said that it's the best money we've ever spent. So Russia's top criminal investigation agency opened a criminal inquiry against Graham and, and then an arrest warrant and Graham called it a badge of honor. Well, revival's in the air and many Christians are wondering if the body of Christ is on the brink of another great awakening. There's an hour-long special on CBN News tonight with Pastor Greg Laurie and his wife Kathy about Jesus Revolution, Revival in America Today, and more. Don't miss it tonight at 8 p.m. on the CBN Family app. Guys, this uh, this whole flap with the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw saying, you know, it's interesting they're moving up the Christian family and faith day. You just wonder what these conversations are like behind the scenes because Clayton Kershaw is a three-time Cy Young winner. The guy is a star, and so he's one of your bigger faces of the franchise and he was not happy with this group getting reinvited during Pride Month. 
Well, and I think the focus on not making fun of other people's religion, um, that's an important focus, right? I think he had, he made a very good argument there for why this was something he didn't like. But let's keep in mind this particular group, they've been around for decades. They're, they're very offensive. They do things that obviously it seems like they're trying to get attention for. And I'm not even going to describe some of the things that have been seen on video in these sort of acts of mockery that they engage in. But I, I thought it was a classy response to something that um, really was unfortunate to watch. And by the way, who flip-flops like that? I mean, yeah. the flipping and the flopping here is remarkable. Yeah, I just think with stuff like this, it's it, particularly with June being Pride Month, it's like uh, every year they the left and the pro-LGBT, anti, a lot of times end up also anti-Christian crowd, uh, just ups the ante each year and it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. Uh, and it's just like, it's chipping away and, and maybe hoping that people won't notice that it's getting increasingly radical every year. Uh, but it seems like it's reached kind of a fever pitch this year with target and Bud Light and this Dodgers scenario, like everything is, is kind of, uh, is kind of reaching, I think a, a tipping point. So it's yeah. interesting to see how all of this is kind of blowing up. Yeah. You wonder how people are receiving that because on the flip side, if you, misgender someone these days you're you get ostracized and you get right. you know you get read the riot act and everything else and yet um here you have something like this and it's no big deal they're they're getting apologies in the other direction it's it's remarkable to watch this go down i mean we're being bullied this nation is being bullied before our very eyes and and uh, i think billy and i mentioned this yesterday you know bracing for pride month where you get a whole month of celebrating pride, one of the deadly sins, and you're celebrating this for a whole month. And then meanwhile, our veterans get a day. It just, that seems kind of out of whack and out of proportion to me. Um, yeah, and really sure. a whole month long celebration for almost anything is, is um, a bit over the top, but particularly get that for Christmas. No, no. And I love Christmas. Yeah. No, it seems, you know, it seems, it seems way over the top and the pendulum has swung, but will it swing back? Are people going to get frustrated enough? We shall, I suppose we shall see. And we all will see firsthand what happens this month of June. And, uh, and also, by the way, June now is Roe month, of course, where we celebrate the end of Roe versus Wade. So we have that going for us now it happened in, I think, June 24th last year so. Um, and it j just to show you where culture's at, like you wouldn't even fathom that they would be able to, that all these companies would adopt. Yeah, we're going to celebrate the, the babies being saved uh, all month of June. I mean, it would just never happen, right? Then it just, just kind of shows you how upside down things really are. But all right, we're going to head over to our focus story now. And a Missouri nun who died in 2019 has become a focal point for some faithful after her body was recently exhumed, as Billy mentioned a few minutes ago. So, Billy, what is going on here? Yeah, I'll take strangest array of stories for <laughs> yes. 500. Um, okay, so this is Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster. She died at age 95 back, as you said, in 2019. Now, her body was exhumed last month, nearly four years after her death. And, you know, this is a very wild story. It's, it's really rocketed across the media in recent days because what was found when they when they removed her from her grave is that her body had barely decomposed at all. And what's so interesting about that is obviously four years have passed, right? right. And according to the nuns, 
um, they expected to find bones, you know, mostly bones only, but yet here is this fully encapsulated body. And one of the details I found really interesting was that she was not embalmed, right? So a lot of people, after they die, they're embalmed and that preserves their body a little longer. And she was placed in a wooden, a simple wooden casket. And so that has added a lot of intrigue to this. And we have seen thousands of people flocking to Gower or Gower, Missouri, uh, this small town in Missouri where her body is laid out in the chapel there. And so you've got thousands of people in the last few days going there um, to Queen of Apostles, the Benedicts of Mary, Benedictines, sorry, of Mary, Queen of Apostles, uh, the chapel there. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because this particular story spread not because these nuns went out and said, look, her body was preserved. They had actually sent an email, apparently, a private email about this discovery after they exhumed her body. And the reason, just so this is clear, that her body was exhumed was because they were, they were adding an additional shrine. They were building and they were going to relocate the body. So this was an accidental discovery. They didn't go and exhume her mm. because they thought she you know, was intact. They took her out to move her, found this, wrote an email about it, and apparently somebody leaked that email. So this private sort of conversation became public. It went viral. And now the nuns are really leading into this. They put out a statement saying, God works in mysterious ways and we embrace his new plan for us as the entire world is sort of curious about what in the world is going on with this Hmm. particular nun. So what what are the people who are excited about this? What are they saying? So, you know, a lot of people are being interviewed by local media. They're saying all sorts of of different things. There was one woman, um, Rita Kospelich, and she lives out in Missouri. She said she felt the Lord while she was visiting the body. She said, it just felt like the presence of God was there. As soon as I went into the monastery, it's a true miracle. I really think that God works in strange ways with miracles. And that seems to be the general sense. I mean, look, it's hard to get people to do anything, to get thousands of people a day to show up to go and visit. And and by the way, all the photos of this, you see people gathered around her body, um, touching her, and she's, you know, just laying there as though she were still in her casket out in the open. It's very interesting to see, but but a lot of people really excited, feeling like their faith is being built by this moment. Hmm, Very interesting. What are, what are some of the critics? I'm assuming there's critics on this. What are they saying? Oh, yeah, there are critics. And there are also people just explaining. You know, one of those people is Dr. Rebecca George. She's an anthropology professor at Western Carolina University in North Carolina. Um, She said the state of the body is typical in light of the coffin and the clothing that the nun wore during her burial. So she was not shocked at all by this. She talked about decreased oxygen flow, um, that there's a cooler climate uh, because I guess there's clay um, around, you know, in the ground and that that could have absolutely slowed the decomposition down. And she said, look, the public rarely sees a human body at this stage of decomposition. So, you know, what are you really comparing this to, yeah. right? You, you don't normally know. And there were others too, Dr. Nicholas Paslacroix, um, who's also an associate professor and a director of forensic anthropology at the same university. He agreed, and he said it takes five years, in his view, for a body to, de- to decompose into skeletal form. So that's what the other side is saying about this. Mm, very, very interesting indeed. And um, I, you know, I don't, I gotta say, you know, going through this and hearing these details for the first time as you present them, Billy, I, I'm not 100 percent sure how to respond to that. I mean, I think. If God were doing some sort of miracle here, I mean, I think it would just be something you'd want to take in. And as many people are believing, that's what it is. But then the other side of me says, like, I don't see the purpose in that. But 
but I'm not God either, so I don't know. I mean, what's your guys' t- reaction on this? Oh, I think it's an interesting story. Look, I think that uh, you, there's no one way of telling for certain. Like, is this a miracle? Is this just a, is something that happens based on the scientific development of a or decomposition right. of a human body? And there's no real way of parsing that out. But I think if uh, if people are being encouraged, if people are are reexamining their faith, like you were mentioning, Billy, because of seeing something like this, I think that's where the celebration is is worth uh, is worth having, right? Because as Christians, anything that'll point you further uh, to Christ, or anything that'll cause you to have a deeper relationship with the Lord, that's a great thing, right? I think God uses all kinds of interesting things, interesting phenomenon, some miraculous, some just uh, some just normal everyday routine things. Uh, God. Can can use anything to change somebody's life. And if God is using this uh, to draw people closer to him, then that's, you know, that's a win ultimately. Yeah. I wanted to throw out one more thing about this because what you just said is very interesting, Trey. One of the reports claimed that the, the coffin actually had a crack in it. And I thought this was interesting because they talked about decreased oxygen flow and all of that. Um, but apparently there was mold growing in inside the coffin or on top of the coffin with that crack in the coffin sort of called into question some of what the anthropologists were saying, right? You know, yeah. if that is true, well, that's really bizarre to me. I don't know. So the, it, it makes you wonder to your point, Dan, what is the purpose of this? But also, Trey, to your point, you know, God does all sorts of interesting things. We see it throughout Scripture to point us or to make us question even. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing we can take away here is, uh, uh, I think you were mentioning, Trey, like if it causes us to reflect and draw our attention towards God and just in any way, shape, or form, wherever you might be currently in your faith walk, then, then we can take that as a good thing, regardless of how and what or why this particular um thing actually happens so um but it's it's an interesting one nonetheless and i appreciate you breaking it down billy and if people want to read more about that they can just head over to faithwire.com all right we're gonna head over to the main thing now hgtv host Paige turner host of fix my flip opened up to trey about her journey to christ what motivates her to invest her own money to help people fix their houses why she describes herself as a warrior for Jesus. That conversation is today's main thing. Paige Turner, thank you so much for being back here with us. It's been a while. You are the host of Fix My Flip, and season two is out now. How are you feeling about that? Well, I'm so humbled because to get a season two, you know, people get into their season three, season four, but to get a season two, I think is, that's like the sweet space of life. Like, wow. People got it. It meant something to them and they want to see it again. So I'm I'm happy, but I'm very humbled at the same time. You know, did you ever imagine in your career when you first started working on homes and then you started doing renovation work, did you imagine that your your story and the work that you do would actually be documented on a television show? <laughs> you know what? Because I watched HGTV back then, you know, before it was a thought. But um, at that time, probably not. But as I got older and my kids got older and I became an empty nester, I was like, well, why not me? Why mm-hmm. not? I think I have something to offer. And I'm really, you know, a, I'm real big on, you know, reach one, teach one. And so why not? So not yeah. at the beginning, though, not at the beginning of my career, but towards the you know, middle. I was like, let's do this. 
You know, something that I think is so fascinating and really encouraging about your show, Fix My Flip, is uh, that you, one, invest your own money a lot of times, right? You end up actually investing. You've got your your own stake in these renovation projects. But two, you're coming along and helping people who are stuck themselves or thinking, I'm in way over my head. I don't know how I'm ever going to get to the end. They can't see the forest for the trees. Why is that something that you're particularly passionate about? Because that's a difficult thing to come in midway through a project and help someone else finish. Wow, that's such a beautiful question because I think that it speaks to where we can find our, our lives sometimes in a stuck place. And you know, I've been in a stuck place before. Um, in the beginning of my career, I didn't have a mentor. I just needed a helping hand just somebody to show me the way, just a bridge to get across. You know, I've dug holes for myself, you know, that I'm like, I just need help. That's what surrender is though, right? Like I just need help and I'm willing to do the work. I just don't know how. And I think um, a lot of my nature is to teach. I'm an open book, you know, I'm transparent. I'll tell you the highs, I'll tell you the lows, you know, you don't always hear the lows and, you know, the hard times, but um, the valleys, you know, all the peaks, valleys, mountains, everything. And um, for me, it's important, you know, to it's I know it's part of my purpose to give back, to be transparent and to simply say that if I can do this, you can do it, too. The only difference between us, perhaps, is our prayer life, our faith life and actually doing the work. You know, God moves with us. I tell people that all the time. You know, once he sees you kicking in, which is faith, he'll start moving with you. OK, let's go. I see you. I see you're in this to win it. So here we go. You know, you didn't grow up in a in a Christian home. It was years later when you found your own faith. Tell us a little bit about that journey of how you discovered the Lord. Oh, gosh, it's so funny. I mean, now, but, you know, uh, my mother, um, who's a consummate feminist um, and became agnostic on her journey. And what's interesting is that she was a Christian. I think, well, I don't think you can't be a Christian anymore, but she was a Christian. And then because of her own journey in life, some things turned her away from God and she became agnostic. So she acknowledged that there is a higher being, but it could be a he, it could be a she, it could be a leaf, you know, whatever. So that's what I grew up with, you know, dancing with the Hari Krishnas out in Santa Monica Beach out here in California, you know, just very free spirited, went to Catholic school. So my interest started there, but I stood up confusion about everybody because we had all these deities all around us and I just didn't get any of it and my mother didn't know I just went to the Catholic school because it was a top private school for girls so you know it's the only reason I was there and then at 19 I my girlfriend said to me you want to come to church and I was like I don't even know what that means but let's go I mean I know Catholic church but I was like you know I was an open free spirit so I went and wow I went three they had a Friday night service for people like me, you know, then they had Sunday mornings. I went Friday night, three nights in a row. And that third Friday night, I gave my life to the Lord. Still unclear and not sure what that meant, but I knew mm -hmm. that I had peace that I felt in that little, little white steeple church on the corner of La Brea and Adams out here in Los Angeles. It's called Church of the Harvest. And I never turned back after I had that experience with God. And it was so, I remember it so clearly. I was like member number 63. He then blew up to have a huge mega church, right? But I was member number 63 and wow. never turned back. Wow. What, a, what an incredible testimony. And to see how the Lord has carried you through raising your daughters and, and now having such a thriving career and a successful show where you're helping other people who are in the midst of their own hardships too. And I have to imagine that your faith must factor into your decision, not only to do this kind of work, but also to invest your own money, because that's not somebody 
something people just willingly do. Uh, so tell me a little bit about investing your own cash into these renovations. Well, sometimes the flippers, they need cash. Now, I do do it with wisdom, right? Because I'm not a nonprofit. So I am a for-profit organization, my business. But I, I do it because I needed it. I was the person that just needed help. Like I have all of these pieces together. I bought the house. You know, I, I, I have my, you know, I have almost enough money, but I just need a little bit more. And then I need a little bit of guidance. And so being able to do that is such a blessing because I was the recipient for so long. And so now that I can say, wow, I can go and teach somebody and then pass them some cash and then we can grow and make money together in the project. I think that's the real win. I mean, yeah, we have the reveal. We have the demo. You know, you're going to get TV. But for me, like that's my heartbeat especially when um, you connect with somebody like um, uh, our first episode was, was with Allison and Juan and a lot of people were really hard on Allison in that episode. And she loves Jesus. Okay. Off camera, we talk about Jesus the whole time, but when I, now when I first got there, she was really hard to deal with. Somebody said she was a chore to watch. She was in real life. She was a little, she was a little um, entitled acting and a know-it-all. Mm -hmm. So I, I just had to, you know, keep taking those fiery darts, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, okay, okay. And that was real life. You know, we were on camera, but I was like, she's really hard to handle. But you know what? When we were done with that scene, I took her outside and I said, can I talk to you? I said, I know we just met like yesterday. And, you know, cameras are all around. So I know it's really, you know, that's already intimidating enough, especially when you've never, you know, done camera, any kind of camera work. And I said, what else is going on? Because you are really upset. And it mm. could be toward me because you invited me here. She broke down and cried. And we prayed right there on that sidewalk. In front of all the people that have their own beliefs, you know, we prayed right there. And I said, and after we prayed, I said, now get it together. So you don't look crazy on national TV anymore. <laughs> and, and let's go back in. But she was having so many things that had nothing to do with the show that she had been carrying for years, you know, and Right there, it just broke because of prayer and because she was willing to yield to trust the Holy Spirit was in me. And I noticed that she would. I was like, she will. I just need to talk to her. Like her, her mom was not talking to her like this. I need to talk to her in her spirit language right now. Yeah. And what a ministry that is, right? That that uh, the Lord has taken something uh, that's to entertain people and also obviously to help you make a living and to help other people, but also he's using it as a ministry. Uh, what a what a touching story that is. How do you see yourself just kind of stepping into ministry as you're doing this show? Well, you think you're just doing a TV show. I said, Lord, it never ends. I just want to do a TV show. And here I am, I'm praying for the permit man and I'm or, you know, episode eight, I can't tell you too much about it, Trey, but episode eight is one of the most moving human situations I've been in off the screen and on television. Um, I can tell you this part, the flippers ended up having to fight for their lives, literally. Wow. TV. And yeah, we have a TV show to make, but it became a personal um, just, I had to carry this through, you know, um, because real life was happening. It, it, the whole episode is just an emotional miss, but I would call off camera and pray for them as well for what they were going through, which on camera, you'll find out what they're going through. Um, and it was, it was rough because I'm on a very secular platform, but you can watch any interview I do. I still have the same language. I, I hope that people can see that I carry that um, 
spirit with me where I'm here to help, you know, yeah. um, Jesus knew how to navigate through the waters and through the people. And, you know, I think what we're sometimes taught in church is that it's all these holy rollers that he was rolling with, but I can only think like, uh-uh, God, I think Jesus was down here really with some, some tough people, you know, yeah. talking smack. You know, can you imagine trying to just move through the crowd and you have all these chairs <laughs> in your ear and you want to fight, but you can't, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I take it. Um, I'm so blessed to be able to carry that opportunity to be able to minister hmm. to somebody else on or off camera. All right, Trey, thanks for that conversation there. Appreciate it. That's going to leave us with time here for one last thing. We're going to look at Galatians 6. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. And guys, I just can't help but think of that verse as we're watching this group being celebrated and re-invited and apologized to that essentially wants to mock um, faith in God. And it's, uh, it's disturbing that culture is celebrating this stuff. Yeah, I don't know how we went from, oh, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and to do whatever they want behind closed doors to, hey, we're going to do this openly and then celebrate it and then give an award to the people who do it. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that is the shocking part. Yeah, no, I think the the gloves are off and our culture is, has gone so far past uh, the, the standard of what's acceptable that it's hard to, even, hard to even articulate what is acceptable in our culture right now. But we have to stand firm for truth and scripture reminds us of that all the time. Yeah, and and also, you know, God not being mocked is another reminder that um, I mean, look, we need to be praying for these people that are so lost that yeah. they're doing this because they are standing directly in the crosshairs, and that's not a good spot for them. Not a good spot for anybody who turns their back on God and tries to mock God. So it's not going to work out for you. So we need to be praying for them as well. We were just talking recently on the pod about praying for our enemies, so we got to do that too. All right, Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.